Welcome to the Critical Media Studies Podcast. We're your hosts, Mike Rapici and Barry Falk. Well, Michael, hello. We meet again. How are you on this fine evening? I'm doing well, Barry. How are you? This is an evening shoot. This is the After Dark, uh, one of our after rare After Dark uh, episodes on Critical Media Studies Podcast. And we're here to discuss... I'll just keep it going. We're, we're here to discuss once more um, Raymond Williams' early 70s book. I'm forgetting. No, 70, he writes 74. It 74. 1974 um, monograph on television uh, entitled Te- Television, Technology and Cultural Form. We started off uh, our we started off the, the discussion of Williams mostly focusing on the first chapter, did we not? Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, the introduction, where we let's do a brief recap, and I, I will, I do mean brief, but now I'm trying to remember what were the main ideas. I think the main idea that we sort of latched on last time was, um, and that we appreciated in the introduction, was Williams' idea. Um, he painstakingly, by a comparative view of technologies, communication technologies, and image technologies that emerged in the 19th century. He was he was pointing that in every, in every case, there's a lack time in their development that to him suggests that technology, that although we are eager to ascribe a kind of agency to technology, i.e., the telegraph is invented and then the world changes because the telegraph was invented. Right. Or in, of course, in closer to hand for Williams, tele, there's television and the world has changed and it, the, the medium has changed the world. Um, as opposed to that view, uh, Williams rather presents a contrary view where he thinks that, you know, no, no, no despite our willingness and our eagerness even to attribute causality and agency to technology, technology is always a social tool. Uh, the ways it comes into being, the ways that it gets into develop uh, has something to do with society. It's the results of social forces. In particular, as a Marxist, Williams is well aware and wants to remind us of the ways in which economic forces and class struggle um, end up, you know, changing the determining or causing, you know, there's your cause. Um, uh, Social forces and economic forces end up shaping the evolution of technology, including its uses. So that that was the basic argument that we thought was really cool um, in the first chapter. Yeah, said said simply, simpler still, right? That basically these technologies are responses to very specific questions or problems. Um, so, much simpler, much more elegant, right? That's so the, awesome. the idea that they've, and I think that, the, but but that's that the idea that these technologies stay limited to the particular problem that they were designed to address is not the case. Um, what he's saying in the first part is just that the technologies that we see as revolutionary or, or life changing were in fact they, they came to be to solve specific problems so it's 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 we they create they are the right tool for a particular problem and what is so so today we're looking at uh chapter five specifically which is mm-hmm. the effects of the technology and its uses and 
Technology uh, in this case being television. Television, right. And its uses. And this is this is, I think, sort of a sensitive topic here because um he takes aim at Marshall. <laughs> you mean sensitive to me? <laughs> <laughs> and I wanna I wanna be I wanna be respectful of that. Um but what <laughs> But what it what it does, uh, you know, by by taking aim at McLuhan, what Williams is really doing here is addressing the question of what he calls technological determinism mm-hmm. uh, or or really, um, you know, the, and the still question... the problem of agency that he raised at the very beginning. of uh... Exactly. And, and, and so I think this is a this is a nice um extension of that you know if we if we start out with the question of are these technologies you know world shaping sure but that's not why they didn't happen to be that randomly they were originally designed to solve a problem and right, so right. this this one he really takes up the he, he takes on McLuhan um with this and that, not so much in a you know as I read it I didn't necessarily see this as him saying man McLuhan's got it all wrong McLuhan's a crackpot this, this was to me, and I'll, I'd like to hear your response to this, but to me, this was more a case of saying, look, the reason that McLuhan can and does say what he does is because we're sort of terminologically crossed up. We're not, hmm. these are poorly designed. And we, we, in you know, I think specifically, tell me if I'm right on this, the we that you're referring to here, that we are messed up. I think he's mainly thinking about um scholars of communications right like you know that scholars of communication still perhaps have these cloudy uninformed ideas about the meaning and uses of technology is that yeah. the, is that the we i think so i mean i well i i think necess- yes yes right and and his argument as as i'm hearing this is is really that what we're looking at as excuse me what McLuhan would look at and label determinism reform um williams is looking at and saying these are these are effects and the reason that right. that confusion right. exists excellent yeah. is because we are not considering the 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 the, the measurements the, the 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 conclusions that we're reaching are the result of asking the wrong questions and looking wrong at questions, the wrong inputs. Right, right. Um, so that that's how I read this. And I think that it's, you know, again, I want to sort of be be mindful of of what this might do. I don't want you to, to feel <laughs> this is a, a traumatic day. Your your sensitivity to the ways in which I might be triggered by the reading material. I, I'm very moved, Michael. This is a this is a bonding moment on the it podcast. I wish we had uh, appropriate soundtrack music. We don't. We could um, we won't. immediately, but I do have a question for you. Yeah. Um, we could immediately at this point cue the share screen, which will be wonderful for our YouTube viewers, and get right into the fray and just go to the, the Locus Classicus, where he very specific calls out McLuhan by name and kind of runs through what he approves of and doesn't approve of Mm -hmm. McLuhan. So we can go there right there, right now. We have the technology. Ha, we have the technology. We're ready to move. But I had a question for you. Uh, Should we, um, should we try to summarize what's going on in the chapter before this, uh, before McLuhan is called out? Yeah. Um, 
So to set the stage for the, you know, the passage we'll, we'll look at more closely. Yeah. Do you want me to do it? Please, 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 start? please. No, uh, okay. I'll try. And you tell me if I get it halfway right. So what he's doing in this first chapter again, or rather the first part of this chapter and it's chapter five, I think um, what he's doing, what Williams is doing uh, makes sense in, the relation between what he's doing here and what he's been doing previously is that yet again, he is questioning the idea that technology has a special agency and autonomy uh, and power in and of itself. And the test case for this, uh, and he lands on a very colorful example, especially important at the time in the 1960s and early 70s, when television was often... Um, where television violence, uh, the precursor for all the, you know, contemporary um, furor that we have over violence uh, in video games. I mean, this is right, where right. this particular anti-technology discourse begins because it because it's the same discourse, and all these discourses. Uh, so and the and the discourse is this that there were there was a. Uh, you know, a current of thought, a lot of social commentators, a lot of the intellectual class who said, well, television is particularly pernicious because people are watching television all the time. If there's violence on television, especially if there's a preponderance of violence on television, that necessarily is going to have a cause, you know, that's going to be the cause. It's going to have a determined effect. And the effect is it's going to make people more violent, you know. Quid pro quo. It's got to be that way. And so he, this is a flashpoint. I just mentioned it. I'm, I'm bringing this back. I'm bringing this up just to emphasize that he's kind of going into the den of wolves here because he's going to take on an argument. So obviously this argument ascribes a lot of, posits a lot of agency to technology. And um, so, and Williams is kind of going into the thicket here. He's jumping into the fray and saying, okay, this is an argument that really assumes that technology has this amazing power. Uh, and I'm going to try to unsettle it. So he, there's a couple of terms that, that, that come up here, uh, repeatedly in the early going that I found really interesting, right? Uh, the, the two terms in particular, uh, and there's different versions of these, but intention and socialization. Right. And the, the question he's talking about with in, in terms of, you know, te media, technology, television being self-directed is the question of intentionality. And um, th there's a number of places, the which I'll get to in a second. But the other one is about socialization. And this is where I think he takes on the the question of I, I found this incredibly interesting, the, the, the question of violence on television. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Saying that. We're going to, so he, he describes, he describes socialization as the process of sort of understanding and adopting the rules and the codes of behavior that are socially agreed upon, right? That, that we mm -hmm. as a group can, can agree are acceptable. And the argument about violence on television, right, is troubling because we don't sanction violence. We say that's bad. But then he goes in and he says, you know, it's interesting because in all of the Western countries that have, mm -hmm. you know, I, I forget what it is, but, but television essentially is a part of their culture. Mm -hmm. um, 
every single one of them is engaged in a horrible, con you know, um, violent co conflict. And so the difference then becomes what kind of violence are we socializing? Right. And, so and, and, so and, the question and, is confusing be because it never presumes that we, it presumes we all agree on what violence is. Right. Well, but, but also what he's done yeah. is, is, is in framing it this way, right? It's, it's what is the intention of the violence, right? Like if hmm. th this can be socially sanctioned, if we're doing it in the name of, uh, you know, whatever our interests are. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the question of intention becomes center to him. And it's also, I think, directly tied to this notion of any sort of self-directing technology, right? These technologies yeah. would have the ability to shape consciousness in a particular way. And what so what he's mm -hmm. done is he's really shown that when, when you look at the issue of violence, that the television violence, which runs counter to what we would socially deem acceptable, acceptable. is in fact a legitimization of the violence that we are uh, inflicting upon, you know, in, in the name of whatever conflict a, a given society is a part of. Um, so he says, and I've, I've got a couple things, I'm, that, these mm -hmm. are all over the place, but um, the abstract notions of socialization and social function have the effect of conferring normality and this, and in this sense, legitimacy on any society which learning, uh, in which a learning and relating process may occur, and when this is so, intention, and when this is so, intention in any full sense cannot be recognized, let alone studied. So, I, I think that what he's saying here is that the question of intention is going to get muddled a bit mm -hmm. because yes, you've yeah. got. I think. Excuse me. No, I said I think he is saying that that um, he he proceeds to tear apart the question of you know he just tears apart this notion that television could be a cause and this is one of the ways in which he is sort of questioning that uh, interrogating that 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 argument and um, and what did you just say you you were drawing attention to well the point I was going to make is that if uh -huh. this was a question of form. Oh. Then the question of intention would be more, I, as I'm understanding the same, that mm -hmm. that the question of intention would be consistent. It would be easier to determine. And yes, right, right, oh, exactly. You were talking about intention and how we don't really understand that word. You know, that word is kind of meaningless applied applied and utilized in this particular case. Yeah, right. And then, and then the other thing that he's saying here, which, which I think is interesting, is that, and this is just a brief little one line here, mm -hmm. um, but it, well, actually, I'm making a two line here. Um, he's talking about the effects, right? The, mm -hmm. the the effects of violence or whatever, and he's going to say mm -hmm. effects, after all, can only be studied in relation to real intentions, and these will often have to be as sharply distinguished from declared intentions as from assured and indifferent general social processes. This will require the study of real agency rather than its apparent forms. As it is, however, the study of effects has mainly been rationalized in right, advance. Right. And so this, I think, is a really interesting way into the discussion about how Williams, why he would levy uh, an argument against McLuhan, because basically what he's saying here, right, is that 
we've already made up our mind that we want violence to be a bad thing. <laughs> right. Okay. Or a certain kind. No, I think even more to the point, we've already, we, in this case, I think we're talking about corporate forces yes, yes. And, and governmental forces, yes. things like that, uh, political and economic forces. We have already determined that we need to stigmatize certain kinds of violence right. while allowing other kinds of violence. Yes, we, we we basically need to stack the deck yeah. as best suits us. As and best so, suits us, right, exactly. That's, and that, so, that's dead on. Dead right, on. and so this idea from Williams's perspective that technology could be self-directing is, is obviously problematic because yeah. he sees it as a In very extreme. dynamic tool. In the extreme, in the extreme. Well, that does, I, I love that. And that sounds like a natural segue to the uh, the beef. The Let's beef between Malcolm, uh, Malcolm, Malcolm, Marshall, <laughs> Malcolm Mathers, Marshall Mathers. Uh, no, it's oh Marshall boy. McLuhan and uh, and our friend Raymond, Raymond Williams. Okay, am I screen sharing? Is that working at all? Um, no, it's not. Is it? Give me a second here. All right, we're back up. We're back up, and it's working. All right, I correct. Is that correct? Yep. Uh, do you want to read, Michael? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I got to okay. find out where I'm on my piece of paper here. No, so we have another prop here. I need my glasses to read. So here's another moment where you have a, you have to use our prop, but I'm using my prop. And I'm actually going to make this a little bit bigger. This is the problem when you get old. You know, what do you do? What do you do? Okay. Um, so this is this uh, passage that we're looking at is in a subsection called Technology as a Cause. And it's near the end. After sort of demolishing, I mean, that's what you were talking about, Michael. Mm -hmm. uh, Williams kind of demolishes, begins the chapter by exploring this question uh, that he just basically shows, he deconstructs, or rather shows to be meaningless. This question of, you know, this, is television causing violence? So he takes that apart. And then he moves into a broader, um, both a rehearsal or a summary of the position of Marshall McLuhan and his work on media. A summary of it, and then kind of a dismantling, I think. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, he doesn't, what was your term earlier when you were saying, he doesn't say that McLuhan is a crank or whatever. Um, and I agree, was that your term? You had a wonderful term for I it. hope you I didn't said, call McLuhan a crank. No, no, I no, but you had another term. And you, and you denied that, right? You right. said that Williams is not about saying that McLuhan is crank, a crank or, you know, a charlatan. That said, I would, and I agree, but I think this is a pretty, I mean, especially where, given where it's placed in the book, like, you know, I'm near the end of the book. We are, you know, I've been showing you now um, mm -hmm. the ways in which th this idea that we commonly use, even scholars do, uh, the common association between technology or understanding of technology is an agent in and of itself and is at having its own autonomy. I've been showing you um, the ways in which it's misguided. And now, and, and it's at this point, at the end of the book, um, and I think it's important that this would be the heyday of McLuhan's primacy and um, celebrity in the public sphere as well as in the academy, 
as a media theorist, in particular as a theorist of television. I think this is a pretty clear attempt to bring to uh, its word iconoclastic. It's an attempt to sort of break down the the icon, Marshall McLuhan icon. So it's pretty tough, I think. Do you have a comment or should I go? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, I yes, he's. I think he's doing that. But I think he's also, there's a sense of urgency, I would have thought, or I would think there would have been a sense of urgency about this as well, though, because mm-hmm. when McLuhan's writing in the 60s, I don't think the television or advertising in, in, in the media, in the, in the screen, the television um, has reached, it's, it's much further along at this point. And I think that McLuhan was in a way looking at a different, um, not yet. I'm going to, I'm going to stop. Let's, let's see where we go here. And we'll, let's see where we go. So I'm just going to read from uh cherry pick some passages yeah. from this page and then we'll, we'll comment and uh, we'll, we'll bicker and we'll, we'll offer exegesis as well. Right. And our own understanding. Of it. So, I pick it up from that second sentence in the first paragraph on the page. It is an apparently sophisticated technological determinism, which has the significant, and I think I didn't, I don't want to go all the way back, but I assume he's talking about McLuhan's technological determinism, or maybe he might be talking about technological determinism in general, the idea of technological determinism. Let's continue. It is an apparently sophisticated technological determinism which has a significant effect of indicating a social and cultural determinism, a determinism that is to say, which ratifies that you are talking about this point, which ratifies the society and culture we now have, and especially its most powerful internal directions. You are already touching on this in your discussion. Yeah. There are the, you know, the ways in which the discussion about agency basically is ratifying what we, you know, corporate and, political powers have determined to be the case or determined to be um, in every instance, you know, proper understandings of violence, authorized violence and authorized behavior, including authorized violence and unauthorized behavior, including unauthorized violence. But I think that one of the things that he's doing here or that he's done earlier, if you, Mm -hmm. if you were to jump back a little bit Mm -hmm. is I don't think that this, and this is why I, I don't, I think that he's looking at this slightly differently than McLuhan would have is one of the things that Williams seemed to be doing in the section that I was looking at, you know, a few pages earlier, a few pages earlier mm-hmm. is he seems to be think saying that the, that academia has gotten loose with its investigation as well. Sure. And so, sure. but that's a very different thing, right? Because if the, broadcasters and if the networks are getting uh you know are are operating in their best interest as a capitalist enterprise that makes perfect sense right the role right. of McLuhan's role the role of the academic is very different that's that's you're supposed to interrogate this and try and figure out not what's going to be best for you or best wow. for wow yeah end. no that's a and so point. he said he's basically said look you've gotten sloppy. You've already made the, see, I think that argument about having, having the decisions made ahead of time. Well, naturally violent television is going to create, you know, violent people. And we've, 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 we've carried that torch, right? Because violent video games create violent kids and 
you know, all, I I don't know. Um, So I I think what he's really saying here is that in leveling this against McLuhan, I think it's not, I think McLuhan gets the worst of it because he's, he's the big name in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree. In fact, so that's why I I said there is a kind of iconoclasm going on. There is, but I guess what what, what I'm, what I'm getting Uh at here is I Uh think that he's looking at this and he's basically saying, look, (laughs) the Academy has gotten lazy. And yeah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, okay. I definitely agree. And I, I I will there's something I wanted to add to that. You made me th- oh yeah. You made me think of this that part of McLuhan's culpability and by extension academic the academy's culpability, university's culpability or speech comm departments in 1960s and 70s, part of their culpability is that inadvertently they end up being cheerleaders for the status quo in yes. media and and that is and he will make it dis- more on that in a little bit when we proceed in the passage because that's the brunt i said this is a pretty harsh critique but actually in order to make this critique um or rather in making this critique williams is careful to separate the marshall McLuhan who wrote understanding media in 1964 from the McLuhan of uh, post-67 McLuhan, who became a talking head on television, who became a television celebrity, who, um, do you remember, have you ever seen Woody Allen's at Annie Hall? That's 1977, but there's a classic moment in there where Marshall McLuhan has a walk-on role in a Woody Allen movie. That, no. I mentioned that. Yeah. Yeah, huh. I, mentioned, I mentioned that as an example of you know what I'm talking about here, you know, to mention that he's become a kind of visual icon, and so um, Williams and I think so. One, it's a harsh critique, I think, but at the same time, Williams is very careful in this passage to separate the McLuhan before celebrity, <laughs> right, um, and uh, from the McLuhan, the understanding of McLuhan, the popular understanding of McLuhan, which McLuhan was guilty of fostering to a, mm-hmm. to a new degree um the idea that McLuhan is celebrating television just for being television and so he's he's careful I'll start reading now because I think the passage in Williams is make makes this very clear there's a Williams he like I'm sorry a McLuhan that he likes and that there's a McLuhan whose influence has been pernicious mm-hmm. and that he wants to you know distance himself from okay For if the medium, whether print or television, is the cause, all other causes, all that men ordinarily see as history are at once reduced to effects. Now, if you're a Williams reader, you can see that you can imagine that Raymond Williams wrote that sentence and was shuddering, shuddering as he wrote it. How, you know, he can't he does not want to abide the idea that history will be something that is reduced to an effect and something else is going to take the place of historical uh, causality um, and that he doesn't want media to, to take up that place. So, you know, he's shuddering as he imagines this alternative. Similarly, what are elsewhere seen as effects and as subject to social, cultural, psychology, psychological, moral questioning are excluded as irrelevant by comparison with the direct. And now he's, McLuhan starts, I'm sorry, Williams starts ventriloquizing McLuhan's position, uh, a position that maybe fair, maybe a little unfairly, but for the 
for his purposes, he thinks is McLuhan's main position, which is that technology has a lot of agency, television in particular, has a lot of agency in that it shapes our mental processes. And so that's a position that he equates perhaps unfairly with McLuhan um, and that he really wants to target and, and counter. Okay, the initial formulation, and here he quotes, the medium is the message. That's the title of the first chapter of McLuhan's breakthrough book, 1964, Understanding Media, title of the first chapter. And Barry, as a McLuhan stand, really stands by that, that chapter, that initial formulation. I'm happy to say that Williams seems to let that pass. Uh, but the initial formulation by McLuhan, the medium is the message, was a simple formalism. And Williams is not opposed to formalism as long as formalism knows its bounds and limits. The subsequent formulation of McLuhan, I'm filling out the sentence here, the subsequent formulation of McLuhan or the subsequent popularization of McLuhan, the medium is the massage or mass age, which is the name of the volume, including illustrations, that McLuhan um, co-wrote three years later or co-produced three years later with a photographer. And there's a pun in the title. Uh, it, it was meant to popularize the academic, uh, the earlier academic work of McLuhan. The subsequent formulation, the medium is the massage or mass age is, and this is bad. Again, one can imagine William Shudder. The subsequent formulation, the medium is the mass age, is, unlike the earlier formulation, a direct and functioning ideology. I pause. Let's comment. Okay. Well, the thing that jumps out to me is, is something that you said uh, about the um, willingness of Williams to let the medium is the message pass as, form, as, as, form, as, as a simple formalism. He says that's okay. And you had said that he's going to do that as long as formalism knows its bounds and its limits. And so my question, because again, mm -hmm. I, I see this differently. Um, I don't read this as Williams being okay with this. And I don't read this as um, Williams just relaying a history. I, I think this uh, is well. I, no, I don't think he's okay with this at all. No, that's okay. Okay. Well, you. I'm sorry. You. You would say. Did that, I say that? You. You would say that he was okay with the initial formulation. The medium is the message. Oh. The simple formalism. Oh. As yeah. long as it knows its bounds and limits. Oh, I did say that, and I. I stick with it. What, what is your criticism? Well, so my question here is, what are those bounds and limits that he's okay with? Because to me, and you see this in the section that you have highlighted directly beneath this about the media as a practice, mm -hmm. is that if we see this as formalism, or media as a formalism, right, then mm -hmm. that forecloses media as a practice. We can't we can't have that um, unless I'm reading this incorrectly. Those two do not seem to be incompatible. And so I'm curious as to oh, how you. Well, I, I'll tell you what, I, it sounds like rather than have me blather on, let's go to the next paragraph and wrap this up and okay. let, let's talk about it. Let's uh, the passage that if you're on YouTube, you can see the exciting highlight, uh, the highlighted passage. 
and I'll read it because yeah, it, it is worth talking about. And it sounds like the answer to your your query really is in there somewhere for us to find it. Well, it is in this yeah. next section before you read it, I think sure was was really significant for me because this is this is where he makes his I think the first really specific and clear break with McLuhan and where we start to see the difference in terms of the way that they understand media functioning. Sure. Yeah. Um, uh, well, well, certainly I'm on board with that because I think this is a crucial passage. I'll read it. Yeah. Much of the initial appeal of McLuhan's work was his apparent. So to me, let me read the sentence and just a quick comment. Much of the initial appeal of McLuhan's earlier work was his apparent attention to the specificity of media the differences in quality between speech, print, radio, television, and so on. So to me, Michael, that's the good formalism. That, that, yes. That, yeah. Right. Okay. But so that's the, a good formalism. But the different, yeah. but so let's just, let's, let's, I'll let's finish. Proceed. I'll finish. Well, I'll hold finish. on, hold on. Not yet. Or no, I won't finish. What he's done here though, is he's, he's, he's okay with this, I think, because McLuhan is again, noticing the distinctions among these various media, right? That Practices, they're going to right? function differently. So if we're going to look at them as forms, right? Like the speech form, the print form, the radio form, mm -hmm. that's fine. But I don't think he's attributing anything to that form here yet. Okay. Keep going, keep going. Uh, but in his work, as in the whole formalist tradition, the media were never really seen as practices. Keep going. Actually, that sentence gives me pause, and yeah. I think I, you know, I'm, uh, I don't think I noticed it as much until now because really, that's saying, that's not saying that there was a simple formalism that was adequate in early McClellan. That's saying that although he seemed to be in the formalist tradition, uh, he and he was never he. he Although he made a promise, McLuhan made a promise, he never delivered. Although McLuhan promised to talk about the specific forms of media, he never delivered. The media, quote, quoting Williams here, the media were never really seen in his work, in McLuhan's work, as practices, unquote. Last sentence, all specific practice was subsumed instead. And yeah, this seems to be, I think, a danger that was late. Williams is saying this was a danger latent in early McLuhan, the formless McLuhan, pre-celebrity McLuhan, all specific practice was subsumed by an arbitrarily assigned psychic function. And this had the effect of dissolving not only specific, but general intentions. Mm -hmm. See, I think okay. those last two lines um, are really significant. Right. Yeah, they because, are. They because, are well, what, because what they've done, especially when we look at the last one, right? Or last two, right? So formalist traditions, media were never seen as practices. So these are, if I'm going to unpack this for a second, these are not the things that we do. These are not the things that um, are honed and, you know, that are developed. Okay. That it is, again, it is form. It is simply it's the container. Over it's the understood day. as a container. Right. Yeah. And then, so what happens to, so if it was practice, there would be some sort of uh, intentionality to it, right? You practice intentionally. Yeah, Specific exactly. practice was right. subsumed by an arbitrarily assigned psychic function. There's the message, 
Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, when he's saying this is arbitrarily or also the massage, the okay. massage of media on our brain. Yeah. But I'm I'm in Camp Williams right now. I, I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, but I'm in Camp McLuhan. So I I, I wanted to say that. Fair. Yeah. Right. So a design. So a subsumed by an arbitrarily signed psychic function. And this had the effect of dissolving not only specific, but general intentions. So there's two things of note in there. Right. So the arbitrarily assigned function right? We mm-hmm. are now just going to accept the fact that violent TV creates violent kids, right? We're going to accept the fact that, uh, you know, uh, sex on TV creates sexual deviance. Okay. We are creating facts out of things because of this, uh, because of form, right? If this does, if this is showing us this, this is, this is where we are. Um, mm-hmm. this effect, and, uh, blah, blah. All specific practice subsumed by arbitrarily assigned psychic function. This had the effect of dissolving not only specific, but general intentions as well. So the utility of these tools mm-hmm. from Williams's perspective mm-hmm. is greatly diminished by this formalism. Other, in other words, we can't see the effectiveness of the media because we are stuck and encouraged because by looking at it as form dissolves our ability to see it in that way. It, it, it diminishes that. Uh, shall I stop the share? And I'll just comment very briefly on this. And then yeah, we'll, I think we, we I, might I think... go back to that. We might go back to the text. Well, um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I comment briefly because I think uh, Raymond Williams, brother Raymond Williams would be very proud of this last moment because that was a beautiful um, exegesis unpacking of you know Williams' quarrel with McLuhan, and I, I don't have anything to add to it. So I, I mainly want to say that I think that was a just wanted to point at that. I think that was an excellent summary of you know what's at issue in Williams' mind if one adopts a McLuhan formalism. Well, okay. I, I think. Say that. Excuse me. Just want to say that. Yeah, no, I I think that's right. And I think what this does is this opens up the door for him again to talk about determinism. Okay. You're in the dark, by the way. Oh, who knew? Why? How about this? There you go. Better embracing okay. the after dark. Okay. Um, so I you know, I I think that the question again, the, the the big difference between the two of them in this is what sort of agency does media have? And if we look at it as McLuhan urges us to then it's there is such a thing as technological determinism but in doing that we lose our ability to use these media in different ways and um you know i i think that that's obviously it's a problem but one of the things i think that helps explain this and you were talking about this briefly so we're sort of jumping around but about McLuhan um being the sort of the celebrity of this you know there's there's practical reasons for this right so he's a cheerleader for the media in McLuhan's 1960s this is new this is a new field you have to promote your field you have to be of the course. face of your field right of course well the problem is that if this is a new field the the appeal of that field especially in academia is much less if we're going to say hey we've got all these new technologies and their tools and you can do things with them 
that's a much less sexy approach than being able to say, look, this shapes the message for us. I mean, I think there's a sort of theoretical pressure to be able, I'm not going to say he's sensationalizing it because I think there's, there's, there's meat on the bone there, but, um, when Williams comes to a more mature field, I think it's easier. I'm trying to defend McLuhan's what I feel to be. I don't say it's an error, a different way of looking at that. I don't like as much, um, is that I think Williams comes to a more mature field where he's able to look at this and say, you got a little loosey goosey here. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, another great observation. Do you want to jump to the end here? Because I think that there's some really interesting stuff that we should talk about in terms of the last page or two of this. Let's do it. Let's do it. So I'll share again. And I don't know if I have this passage marked, but I will stop the share or rather start to share and see if I get to the end. And maybe you can remind me, whoops, maybe you can remind me what we, I think it's this paragraph that we were thinking about very near the end. Oh, yes, it is. I think I can pick it up if you don't mind. Not at all. But yeah, you got, wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not sharing. Am right. I? I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing. Um, while I'm, while I'm trying to get the technology going, I, I'll say that uh, Michael, uh, I, I'm just, you know, I went in here uh, defending. I'm still thinking about a way to marshal a defense on, on McLuhan's part, but you are so really damn strong on your last two points. I, I'm, I'm shaking right now. I'm shaking. I'm not, you know. So I'm, I'm just going to take the easy way out, and we're going to segue to the end, and maybe, maybe something great, maybe a great insight will come to me. Uh, McLuhan will somehow, you know, suggest some defense to, uh, that you know that will pop in my brain. But, I'm, I'm sure. But I, if I not, would, I would expect nothing. Else. If not, I'll <laughs> stick my foot in my mouth. And it'll... <laughs> anyway, let, okay. Now I'm capable of sharing the screen, and here we go. Um, so th there's an interesting moment, and it has everything to do with um, some of Michael's terms, some of the terms that Michael was using, like intentionality and. What was your other big term, Michael, besides intentionality? What was the other thing that you said was sort of self-determinism? Self-determinism. So or technological determinism. Uh, and, and this is um, technological determinism, right? This is um, this is also a moment where, you know, actually the commentary on McLuhan and McLuhan's approach to media is a moment where uh, Williams interrupts the argument, the basically historical argument of the book. And takes a, you know, considers current day doxa, doxa, current day ideas about media. Um, and and where Williams reflects on contemporary, on the contemporary moment. And this is another one uh, written, obviously, in light of, in response to 60s counterculture, um, uses of media and, and television the fact reflecting the fact that the new television broadcasters directors filmmakers uh were getting younger the younger people were getting uh there with different ideas about images and the purpose of images and different things to communicate they were getting control of the means of production and um and then Williams comments on this and notes in his always balanced dialectical way. Williams notes that this is both 
an encouraging sign, uh, but also, you know, perhaps, uh, but there are dark clouds as well. It's encouraging. Uh, it's a new development. He recognizes the newness of the development that a young ge younger generation is taking over. But he also sees maybe some dark clouds or, or darker lining to the bright clouds. Anyway, television has now been a major majority service for a whole generation. It has had certain intended effects corresponding to specific, certain explicit intentions. But it has also had unforeseen effects, among them the desire to use the technology for oneself. In the young ran radical underground, what we would now sort of talk about is the counterculture, 60s counterculture, back to Williams. In the young radical underground, and even more in the young cultural underground, okay, that's the counterculture, there is a familiarity with media um, and an eager sense, moreover, right, this is the real new development, there's also an eager sense of experiment and practice, which is as much an effect as the more publicized, widely publicized and predicted passivity. That's a real interesting point. Uh, and, and that's a brilliant argument, right? He's saying, you know, the older generation says that the younger generation who grew up on television, they're going to be passive. You know, they're going to be molded by the media. And he's saying, well, wait a minute. If that's the case, how do you have a younger generation who wants to engage with media as a practice and change the nature of the practice? I have a question for you about this. Um, yeah. I know it's not necessarily television, but Burroughs was doing his um, audio stuff about now. Exactly now. And in fact, uh, I'm, not to make this about Burroughs, but I'll, I'll give you an insight that I've gleaned from recent research. I don't think I had understood this, that Burroughs hated, I mean, he's writing in an optimistic way about the possibilities of media revolution throughout the 70s. But the heyday of his experimentation his and the heyday Burroughs. of his optim yeah, he being Burroughs, the heyday of Burroughs experimentation with media and also the heyday of his revolutionary optimism that, you know, if I can, I can break through on the other side right. and change history by, you know, scrambling messages on the tape by throwing tapes up in the air and re, you know reassembling tapes right um the heyday of it is i just found out is really really specific it's it's a period between his the heyday of his work is between late 68 into 1970 which okay. is the genesis of williams manuscript right so that's my question for you here is was williams yeah. aware of burroughs or people like burroughs uh, he's aware of people like Burroughs and he is, yeah, you know, he wouldn't be aware of the specific experiments that I'm thinking of that we, we can, we're now we, able to date it. Right. Right. But would he be aware that Burroughs is, uh, kind of a McLuhan follower at this point, because Burroughs is following McLuhan. And one of the first things that McLuhan does, uh, when he comes to prominence is he reviews favorably and, Burroughs didn't get many favorable reviews, but he gives a favorable review, McLuhan does, to the cut-up novel. So yeah, I guess that's a long-winded answer of saying yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's 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 finish through this section because I think that this is probably the point where we can start to look at how 
how Williams is able to say what he's able to say and why yeah, let's do he's it. saying that in response to McLuhan, who really, this section here, I think, problematizes McLuhan fairly concretely. And even if Burroughs is a McLuhan fan, I think in hindsight, we can we can see how Williams's approach to this fits. I think yeah, better. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. go ahead, let's finish this out. Well, uh, let's see how much I have to do. I know I have to do at least one more sentence. Yep. Indeed, by prolonged use of a technology which had seemed to be contained and limited to commercial or paternal, um, Burroughs is I'm sorry, Burroughs, uh, Williams. Williams is is alluding to the generation gap there right or paternal or authoritarian ends many people we do not yet know whether there are they are enough people look at williams cautious optimism yeah there's a counterculture but well we do not yet know we do not yet know whether they are enough <clears throat> that's saying yeah there's a counterculture yeah there's a radical underground and how big is it really? You well, but that makes it. sense, I think, yeah. because yeah, you know, Williams is 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 sitting here saying, okay, so we've had TV long enough now mm -hmm. to be able to start to talk about it, right? This mm -hmm. is no longer the new edgy thing. We've had it for a generation. We've had it for a while, right? And people have grown up with it. Younger people have grown up with it, right? And is, uh, it has had certain intended effects corresponding to certain explicit intentions declared by variable character of television institutions, right? So there, it, it's doing things um, that are predictable, right? That were that, but there's also oh, you moved. Oh no, there you are. Okay, no, no, um, no. Um, but, but also there's some unforeseen uh, stuff going on here. What I think is interesting here is he starts to talk about using media technology for yourself. And now we, we have we have a culture that's familiar with media, but there, uh, the line that got me here, indeed by prolonging hmm. technology, which has seemed to be contained and limited to commercial or paternal or authoritarian ends, many people... Um, uh, da, 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 we many do people not, this is the sentence I was reading, yeah. ...conceive quite different intentions and uses. So... I think we talked about this last time with, you know, technologies being co-opted or picked up and, 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 and done other things with, and he's concerned that we have a, an emergent, you know, group that is doing different things and wants to use it for its own ends. Mm -hmm. And he's just not sure if that's going to be something that, mm -hmm. if, if there's enough of a push behind that to make it work. And yes, we, right. we had talked, oh, that's fancy. Um, we had talked about this before we started recording a little bit about how, you know, if you look at the the shift from the emergent into the dominant, right, as the generation mm -hmm. rolls over. Mm -hmm. And so he said, look, we've got a new generation here. These people are versed in it. They're going to start to do what they want. Mm -hmm. um, how? Before you pose your question, because I think it's relevant to your question, mm -hmm. let me just do, I'm going to cherry pick. Yeah. I'm going to do one more sentence and then I'm going to jump to the final paragraph. Okay. okay. And then I, I think we'll be ready. I think we'll be ready to, to wrap up and, and, and also, you know, return to your question and also wrap up. So it is from this generation, the newer generation raised on television that we're continually getting examples and proposals of, you know, these revolutionary ideas, examples and proposals of electronic creation and communication, which are so different 
from the TV of the past, which are so different from orthodox television as to seem a quite new technology and cultural form. Now I'm gonna skip to the next page. And so that's the optimism side, right? right. Or that's noticing this new development. And then I just wanna read a little bit from the final paragraph. How the technology develops from now on then is then not only a matter of some autonomous project process directed by remote engineers, it is a matter of practice, right? Uh, Mike Orpici's word. It is a matter of practice of social and cultural definition according to the end sought. From a range of existing developments and possibilities, different variable is his word, variable priorities and variable institutions are now clearly on the agenda for the first time, I'd add. Yet, again, cautious Williams comes in. The cautious Williams asserts himself. Yet, the possibility of change, yet this, the possibility of change, the emer this new emergence, yet this does not mean that the issue is undetermined. The limits and pressures are real and powerful. One more sentence. Most technical development is currently in the hands of corporations which express the contemporary interlock of military, political, and commercial in intentions. In other words, so far, the status quo, the dominant class is still the dominant class. The status quo remains, even though there is this you know, development of a self-styled radical underground that's putting media to new, to new uses and new ends. Right. So what he's saying here, again, is that we're turning over and it's a question of intention. It's what, what, correct. What does the, the, what, what do the, the, the hands on the buttons want out of it? That's especially true in that first bit, the opening bit of that final paragraph. He's, he's saying exactly that. So, as always, our intentions are what's determining technology, not technology determinants. Right. And I think that there's, there's room here. I, I, there's in a way there's room for McLuhan still because again the technologies are limited to their particular use at any given time right so this does this and so in many ways what I think McLuhan is referring to as form or, or what Williams is referring to as McLuhan's form right the, the mm -hmm. form of television does define the barriers or the boundaries of what's going to happen, but he's really at, 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 he takes great pains to talk about, you know, he goes a little further than current Orthodox theory and practice are effects, right? Like this is what you get out of it. So I don't think that he's sitting here saying, look, McLuhan is wrong. I think he's just saying that if you look through, if you look at this through McLuhan's form lens, that you're going to see form and you should be seeing effects that he's McLuhan doesn't make any missteps other than the fact that he's looking at the whole thing as a form and um, that, that, you know, that that's not consistent with what uh, a more mature media technology landscape looks like for him. I love it. I'd like that to be our final word, unless you have something else to say or, no, I'm good. I, this this was really <laughs> well. I don't mean no. I'm good as in I'm done. I'm glad. This was really interesting. I I think that the the fascinating thing, and where I'm willing to look at McLuhan 
favorably is that the 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 vantage point that he's staking out is so broad it's so all-encompassing that you do miss the trees for the forest here you know you there's the the issue of um he said he says it earlier in here about the you know the the effects of media in terms of oh it's doing this or it's doing this or it's doing this and if if you look at it as form you miss the fact that there are already a million other institutions doing these things i think that williams has a pretty tidy line on being able to say this is another tool in a very complex social system where right. all of the pieces right. fit together right and right. every piece right. in turn affects That's the other point. pieces and I think that McLuhan's trying point. to sort of isolate this media form. And that there, and I think is maybe the big difference is that, that, that for, and this is why I think, you know, the, the, the difference between the way the two of us tend to approach these things. Um, I, I'm looking at this as a sort of, you know, what, what are the pieces of this puzzle? I'm looking for pieces. You're looking for theories. And so we get, um, a, mm -hmm. what a, a, a different sort of it's the difference between uh to give ourselves a grandeur that we do not possess it's the difference between plato and aristotle but we'll talk yeah, about that in another episode um uh, may i a very quick retort or a very yes. quick uh comment that was my uh, takeaway because I'm, I'm i'm signing i'm signing out well very quick comment um uh, you you blew me away this episode because I I can't think I, I could certainly uh, not do a better explanation summary and implied defense of Williams' methodology and the key to what you are saying and what you're saying Williams saying uh, is saying is that Williams is trying to present us a practical view of how the pieces interact and intermesh and interrelate. That's so important. It's so vital. Like, you know, I don't have anything to say to that. I mean, that's just like, that's Williams. I think you really well summarized the affordances of Williams theory, what Williams is doing at his best here. Uh, and we even saw that in the introduction to this piece where in the first chapter, he, that, that's exactly which you just described is how he opens up the book, right? Mm -hmm. Here are all these pieces, but we can't understand how these pieces really function until we understand how they interrelate and what's putting them together in a very particular way. So, you know, um, a kudos to you. That's a brilliant uh, summary, I think, in defense of William's position. I'm going to do a much more tepid defense of, although I notice you're largest because um, you are giving a very nice defense of McLuhan as well in your last statement. But I'll do a more tepid defense of McLuhan. Just as a foundational thinker, maybe this is just a statement, not so much of a statement in defense of McLuhan's system, but just uh, maybe all this is is just uh, a recognition and an admiration for the important thing he did or he gave to media studies historically. And it's this. Um, so Williams is the king, the crown prince, whatever, the monarch of inter thinking about media 
in terms of its various interrelations and it's you know the ways in which different causes and different practices are interrelated you're mm-hmm. not going to get any better on that what McLuhan did though i think still remains signally important because even up to 2023 when we talk about media television or whatever the you know wtf whatever we're talking about when we talk about media, we still tend to talk about the content of media. And for me, the medium is the message. What it signals is something like a Copernican, and maybe I haven't exaggerated, uh, maybe I have a daddy complex and a, um, I have an exaggerated idea of the, this because I think it's like something like a uh, has the importance of a Copernican turn in, in media theory. Because he just, McClellan stands for a very important position still, i.e., and that position is, um, don't look at the content, look at the container. Yeah, there's, that's it. I would say there's certainly value as, there's certainly value to understanding that the content is not the sole determinant of either the value or the meaning or the significance or the communication, right. Or the nature of the communication. But I will say that I'm uh, in terms of a larger view of how media functions Mm -hmm. in society. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. Williams uh, is, is more useful for, for my eye. Well, Dr. Rapici, I don't expect Aristotle to agree with Plato now or ever. So I think I think we reached our terminus. Well, Barry, it has been a lovely evening. I thank you and I thank everybody else for listening uh, or watching. Like, share, like, share. What What is our mantra? Like, share, dislike. No, you don't have to dis- <laughs> no, dislike. We're fragile. <laughs> Let's not encourage it. Um, how about this? Uh, what is the mantra? Like, share. Subscribe. Like, Subscribe. Thank you, Dr. Rapici. Um, maybe we should do this. Um, uh, I heard someone do this this weekend on a radio program, actually. Maybe we can do the the critical media studies. Can I say this with a straight face? Um, let's do the critical media studies uh, challenge. Oh, God. If you're, if you're a listener, why don't you tell somebody else to uh, check us out? And tell someone you like to check us out. And uh, if you hate a person, tell them too. And, you know, you'll get rid of it. If you hate us, make sure you tell a person you hate, because that way, you know, you'll get, there's some surreptitious revenge on them, covert revenge on them. How about that? So share us with people you love or hate. But share. I, you know, I was never good at soliciting, so I'm going to just let that be what it is. Barry, have a lovely evening. Thank you. Uh, you And we'll we'll pick this up next time. Take care, sir. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Critical Media Studies podcast. To find out more about the show, check out our webpage at criticalmediastudiespodcast.com.